Invest the time and money training for something others think is absolutely crazy. Why do we fall in love with people we've never before met and do everything in our power to live among them? Why do we traverse expansive oceans, dirt paths, rocky canyons, raging rivers, thick rainforests, snowy peaks, and blistering deserts? Why do we fly on airplanes with dangerous service records? Why do we ride on overpacked buses on broken roads? Why do we take leaky boats through uncertain waters? Why do we walk mile after mile after mile? Why do we choose to live in difficult environments, restricted areas, polluted urban centers, or remote rural villages? Why do we work so hard to get into places others are trying to leave? Places stricken by disease, war, poverty, corruption, and despotism. Why do we learn unfamiliar languages, become immersed in unfamiliar cultures, eat unfamiliar foods, and embrace lifestyles that make us unfamiliar to our own families? Why are we willing to help those that hate us, serve people that suspect us, and work for the good of some who at first wish we would just go away? Why do we raise countless dollars, invest countless hours, and shed countless tears for the billions and counting who have never heard the truth? Why do we obey the call of God to go into all the world, sharing the gospel and making disciples of all peoples? Why are we compelled by love and willing to risk everything to see even one person transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ? Because the tomb was empty. And uh, don't. 
since we had been there two and a half years ago, they had added uh, actually pool tables uh, to this rec center. If you can imagine Ethiopia, they've got pool tables uh, in this place. They've got a large uh, court that is a combination of volleyball and basketball, and uh, it, uh, it's all concrete. And maybe not the best location uh, in the world or the best location in Ethiopia, uh, but we were serving there uh, anyway. And so I uh, had been playing for quite a while, and, and so I decided, you know, I'm going to go start handing out some dabu, some bread to, to different people. So I'm walking around giving bread to different people, and, and I decided, you know, I'm going to go up with all the bigger people, the 20 to 30-year-olds, I'm just guessing, on their age, who are playing pool. Many of them took it. Some of them said no. And, and while I'm, I'm just trying to uh, connect with people, most of them don't speak English. Occasionally we'll run into somebody who speaks English. Our interpreter was just sitting down. He was chatting away with somebody else. And so there's two gentlemen uh, that are sitting there uh, that look like uh, they are mad at the world. So I, I snuggled right in uh, about, about uh, four feet from them. That was pretty close. And I'm just sitting there watching. And so then I just start eating a piece of bread myself. It is unbelievable bread, by the way. This was this was the best we had the whole week. And so I'm eating, and I'm thinking, yeah, this, this stuff is good. And uh, compared to some of the other food, because uh, I'm, I'm pretty plain, uh, this was tremendous. And, and so I'm eating it. And part of the reason I'm eating it is because I don't want him to feel like he's a charity case. He didn't appear that he would uh, accept the bread. Uh, but as it's interesting you, you shared that, Pastor Dave, I, I just want to break bread with him. And so I look over to him and I said, Dabu? And, and he goes, okay. And so he took, a, took some bread. So now we're just not talking and we're just eating bread. And so then I start talking to him a little bit. And, and many of you know him, some of you saw uh, on Facebook, uh, there's a young man named Johannes that I have built a relationship with for over the last six years. We are attempting to bring Johannes uh, to America on an F-1 visa. Uh, so we can be educated here, uh, live with our family. He's unadoptable uh, based on the system right now in Ethiopia. He's in an orphanage, uh, but in a place where he can't be adopted. So he could potentially come for an F-1 visa and, and get education in America, and uh, we can love on him there. Uh, and, and so I, I yelled to Johannes, come here, because obviously he's fluent in the, in the native language. So I have Johannes uh, communicate with my friend. His, his name, I had to write it down, A. Nui Tespai. A. Nui Tespai. A. Nui is his first name. Tespai is his, really, I think they call it his middle name. His dad's name must have been Tespai. That's why he takes that as little as last. So A. Nui doesn't know the Lord. He's serving some other religion. I was trying to figure out what he was doing. Well, A. Nui, in the midst of breaking bread, found the bread of life. Found Jesus Christ. This strong, scary-looking man was broken down because of the bread of life. Because of sharing bread in a real way. And, and so he said, today is the best day of my life. 
people will, will try to do that. They'll act like they like what you're doing and they try to ask for money. He didn't, he didn't have Facebook. Uh, a lot of them have Facebook, so he didn't ask for my Facebook contact. He just, he asked one thing. Will you pray for me? Th this was about a, a 35, 40 minute conversation that me and AUE had. But I believe as I was walking away that he received the bread of life. And, and so I challenge you guys to pray for AUE. Uh, pray for him. Because based on what he was telling me, his life is a disaster. His life is, is full of a bunch of challenges from the sinful nature side of things. And I said I didn't care. I love him anyway. And so does Jesus. Because he was talking about works and he's talking about those things. And I said, just love Jesus. He'll figure all the things out. And I talked to him about the Holy Spirit. Sharing the gospel, friends, is absolutely crucial. It's absolutely crucial for us to do with our neighbors. It's absolutely crucial to do with uh, the people in Ethiopia. It's absolutely crucial to do wherever we're at, at our workplace. And, and the scripture we're going to talk about today actually has everything to do with sharing the gospel. It has everything to do with rejoicing over the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What perfect timing God has. You see, as many of you know, we just go verse to verse in our scriptures and we come today to a great place. A great place in the book of Acts where we are going to rejoice over the resurrection of Jesus Christ. A little background, uh, Peter, also known as Simon, he, he's uh, at a place where he's praying to the Lord in uh, Joppa, I believe. And he's praying to the Lord, and, and, and all of a sudden, his stomach growls. He gets hungry. Have you ever done that? Where you're praying, and, and all of a sudden, you uh, a thought enters your mind, and you're like, wait a minute, I was praying. Or, or you get hungry, or you start thinking about the grocery list, or you start thinking about uh, uh, your schedule. I do that all the time. I get distracted. But Peter, he was hungry. And so he asked whoever was there, hey, can, can you prepare some food? And as they were preparing the food, yeah, Scripture says he went into like a trance. He had a vision. He had a vision. And here's what he, what he heard from the Lord. Scripture says he saw the heavens open and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air, and there came a voice, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Well, Peter, he, he had never eaten anything uncommon or, or not clean. So Peter immediately responded back to the Lord while he's in this trance, and he said, uh, I, I will not. I will not eat it, because I have not eaten anything uncommon and I have not eaten anything unclean. But the Lord responded back to him, and he says a powerful thing. What God has made clean, do not call uncommon. That's actually a really, really powerful thing. That transformed uh, the way the gospel is being shared. Basically, the Lord was preparing Peter for what was about to happen. 
his door where he was praying and about to ask him uh, to go share the gospel, namely uh, Cornelius' people. So Cornelius, uh, uh, he's from uh, Caesarea. He's a Gentile. And that's a crucial thing because he wasn't a Jew. And, and Peter wasn't going to associate with people who weren't Jews. He was very focused on sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ with the Jews. And God had just prepared him to say, Whoa, whoa, hey, hey, hey. This is who I want you to share with. Don't think that people are unclean. Don't think that people aren't worthy of hearing the story about my son Jesus. Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 40. 
opened his mouth. And he said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he had all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Verse 44. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. Heavenly Father, bless our time. May you be honored. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a seat, please. Why well, is that four quick observations in these 323 verses? Or words that we read. 323 words, four observations that I want to make. Peter was simply and power, powerfully uh, uh, moved through the Holy Spirit to share the gospel with these people, to share the good news. And I believe as, as we're celebrating Easter, that our focus, our focus in our life, our focus in, in our thoughts, what we do as individuals and as a family is to figure out how we can share the gospel with the people we come in contact with. How do we do that in a more effective way? How do we, how do we help people to know the greatness of Jesus Christ? Because that is what we are supposed to do here on earth. Amen? Amen. Share the gospel. Share the good news. Four observations. First, when you share the gospel, show no partiality. Very simple. Don't show partiality. In fact, it's Peter's opening line. He, he, he's probably, what he's doing is he's, he's admitting that he himself had that issue. He, he says, truly I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. That's powerful. That's powerful. No matter what race, what gender, what religion, what sins you believe somebody uh, has in their life. Uh, no, no matter if 
the good news of Jesus Christ from anyone. And we do it so often. We do it so often. I, for me, I have trouble with, with my family. Or with somebody who's completely devoted to another religion. Those, those are two of my weaknesses. Uh, I, I have trouble because I feel like I'm going to bother them. That, that I'm, I'm, I'm going to disrupt our relationship. There was a good friend of mine. He, he was, I mean, completely devoted to another faith. It wasn't Christianity. I mean, he was so devoted to it. Three years. Three years before we ever had an in-depth conversation about the theology that I believe is in the Bible. Three years. And you know what? After that long conversation we had, I still felt like I was being circumcised. I didn't want to harm our relationship. I didn't want to challenge him so much. I didn't want to degrade him. I didn't want to belittle him. So I just listened and stuff like that. We, we haven't talked in many years. I probably missed my opportunity with him. I think about the dry cleaners in Oswego. So there's a there's an awesome family there. Uh, they're an Asian family. I'm not sure uh, where from. Wonderful people. When I was a principal in Oswego and, and, and in Oswego School District, probably I went there uh, for a decade. I would take my clothes there. I would talk to them always with great pleasantries. Very surfacey. You guys do that too, probably. A lot of, a lot of surfacey type conversations. I'm, I'm really good at that. My friend Busy from Ethiopia, I've talked about Busy before. Busy is, is one, of the, one of the main translators there. At 16 years old, he gave his life to the Lord when he read the scripture of John 3.16. He was kicked out of his family and had to move into the uh, trash dump in Addis Ababa uh, for six years. Lived in the trash dump and shared the gospel to hundreds and hundreds of people. Started multiple churches around the trash dump in Cora in Addis Ababa. Busy's at my home several years ago, and I said, hey, listen, you've got to stop with a dry cleaner. Do you know what a dry cleaner is? No, I don't know. Well, we've got to stop here. They, they do, uh, they kind of do uh, laundry. Okay. You don't do it yourself? <coughs> well, that's another story. We walk in there, and these people I've known for over a decade, within 40 seconds, Busy knows their name, he knows where they go to church, he knows that they're believers in Jesus Christ. And me, I feel this big. If I was in Ethiopia, I would have asked the questions without, without a doubt. I would have dug in deep. I, I, would, I would have sought that relationship at a deeper level. But I didn't hear. I showed partiality. And we can't show partiality. And this, so the scripture is a reminder to me to not show partiality. As bold and as, as crazy as I am, I show partiality all the time. And I don't even realize it. Sometimes with my own family members. That's probably the biggest one we do. Because uh, I, I don't want to bother them. They, I've already talked to them about it. They just think I'm, I, I'm a wacko. 
who we show partiality. We don't get into their life and love them in, in unique ways that we can then share the gospel over and over. Share the love of Jesus Christ. Second observation. Don't show any partiality. Second one is, uh, when you share the gospel, explain the penalty our king suffered. Explain the penalty our king suffered. Verse 38b, going forward. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. God was with Jesus. Jesus, our mighty Savior, our King. And Peter, he, he was trying to witness this to everyone who had, had already seen him, heard all the great things that Jesus had done, and, and he's telling them, man, Jesus was perfect. He did awesome stuff. You know about it. And then he was wrongly killed. He was put on a tree. He, 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 was, he was put, his penalty was there, and it was so bad, it was even done on a cross. That's what Good Friday's all about. That's why it's Good Friday. It was good because of what Jesus showed us. Jesus showed us the goodness, the greatness. Jesus was punished and kicked and, and, and prodded and poked and, and stabbed and spit on and and made fun of. Everything happened to Jesus because of his love for us. Because he had to shed his blood. He had to shed his blood. You see, a sacrifice is absolutely crucial for the forgiveness of sin. Prior to Jesus' death, you would have to use an, an animal of some sort and sacrifice them for all kinds of different rules and regulations you had to follow in order to be forgiven of your sins. But when Jesus, the perfect lamb, the absolute perfect person, the goodness of God, when he shed his blood, it was the final shedding of blood that was needed for the forgiveness of sins. That's why it's good, right? That's why it was a good Friday. It was a painful Friday for Jesus. He appreciated and understood every ounce of pain. But he knew he was doing it for the final sacrifice. And that's what, you, when you share the gospel, people have to understand, Jesus had to die. He was absolutely perfect. He was not deserving of death, but he had to die. That's what Peter's telling Jesus had to die. He was not just the king of the Jews, as that sign said. Above him, he is king of everything. King of kings, Lord of lords, he is everything. He is God. And he died on a cross. Shedding his blood for us, for anyone who calls upon his name. Third observation. Third observation. 
scripture. While you share the gospel with someone, make sure that you tell of the power of the resurrection. Tell the great power of the resurrection. Second observation was about Good Friday. Third observation is about today. It's about Sunday. Sunday's coming. And Sunday's here. And Jesus is risen. Jesus is, is alive. The tomb is empty. We don't celebrate the cross with Jesus hanging on. We celebrate the empty cross. We celebrate the empty tomb. Because Jesus conquered both. Peter said in verses 40 and 41, But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who have been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Dave, Pastor Dave actually read a portion of that scripture. It was from the beginning of the book of Acts. I, I missed that part. But it was when he was eating with them. They recognized him. When he was breaking the bread, they, they saw him alive. Jesus absolutely conquered death through his own resurrection. This is the great representation of God Almighty. This is a great representation of it. First Corinthians 15, 54 through 55. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on the immortality, then it shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? His resurrection validated multiple claims that Jesus made himself. That he was God. That he would be resurrected. In John chapter 2, 18 through 22, it says, So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? Here's Jesus' answer. Destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up. Well, the Jews said to him, It has taken 46 years to build the temple, and you will raise it up in three days? Well, what was Jesus speaking about? It says, But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The resurrection is absolutely vital. Absolutely vital. Psalm 16.10 says, For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your Holy One see corruption. In fact, over a dozen times in the Old Testament, they directly predict the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's validation. Validation in who we serve. The resurrection of Jesus is absolutely crucial to the Christian. Absolutely crucial. If the resurrection is false, resurrection is not true. Everything I do in my life is worthless. Think about that. Is everything in your life worthless? 
ascended to heaven. That's, that's the God I serve. That's everything in my life. And if that is wrong, if that is false, my whole life, Christians, we know that God became man. That God died for us. That God lives today. He sits right hand of the Father in heaven. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the Lord, your labor, is not in vain. It's not in vain. The belief of the Christian rests in the fact that Jesus Christ walked on this earth, that he died, and then he was raised again, that he ascended to heaven, and that, that he, uh, he, he is there with God the Father, and he's advocating for me every time I call. So that means day after day after day after day, Jesus is there advocating. Absolutely crucial if you are a believer in Jesus Christ to understand that. When you're sharing the gospel, when you get into the depths of it, to understand why the resurrection is so important. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. Because it's not just the fact that Jesus rose again. It's in the understanding and the belief that we will rise again. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-18 But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers I don't want you to be uninformed about those who are asleep that you may not grieve as others do who have hope, no hope for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again even so, through Jesus God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep for this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not receive those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So I encourage you to understand that. That's huge. Here's what one author put it, and I love it. Why is the resurrection of Jesus Christ important? It proves who Jesus is. It demonstrates that God accepted Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf. It shows that God has the power to raise us from the dead. It guarantees that the bodies of those who believe in Christ will not remain dead will be resurrected until eternal life. That's a lot. But it's foundational to our understanding and love of Jesus Christ. So when you share the gospel, don't show any partiality. Don't show partiality. Clearly explain why Jesus dying was so important. Proclaim the good news through the power of the resurrection and finally rejoice in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Verse 44, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on 
believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles, for they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Remember, this happened at the beginning of the book of Acts, at Pentecost, when the 120 people were there praying, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And what did they do? Extolling God in Samaria. It happened again. Peter and John went down there and, and, and they laid hands on them, and the Holy Spirit fell on them. And what did they do? Extolled God. What in the world does the word extolled mean? It means praise enthusiastically. Praise enthusiastically. You know, I, I, when, I, when I first became a believer, I attended a, a mostly Scandinavian Lutheran church, mostly Norwegians, with a sprinkle of Swedes in there, praising enthusiastically for them is... <clears throat> you see, I'm, I'm according to uh, the DNA testing my brother has done, we're 91% Norwegian. So I, I'm speaking uh, as a Norwegian. You know, in fact, I, when I was in Ethiopia, and this is a true story, when I was in Ethiopia, the church we went to, we were going to Kora, the one with the trash dump, and, and I was going to be preaching there, uh, but that church wasn't going for, uh, for a political reason, and, and so we went to another church that spoke English. And so the, the pastor got out there, and it's, it's mostly made up of, uh, it's an international church, but mostly made up of Ethiopian people that understand English, and, and the pastor, uh, though I don't know where he's from originally, uh, if it's from America or not, I'm not sure, he got out there and he started the message by saying he was talking to his friend from uh, Denmark. And, and he goes, we have uncovered the language that he's spoken in heaven. Just as you are right now, that was what all the people at the church were doing. It was looking intent. He goes, what, what, what is the language that, that they're going to speak? And the people started shouting out, Amarth! That was the first one. That Amarth is the Ethiopian language. And everyone laughed. And it's like, no, no, I'm sorry. It's not. And then someone said, Hebrew. Ooh, that was good. Latin. No, no. Good. And, and he goes, Here, here's what my Denmark friend found out. It's Norwegian. <laughs> and they said, what? Norwegian? He goes, yeah. The, the Norwegian are so stubborn, they're not even changing their language when they go to heaven. <laughs> it was a good joke, and everyone enjoyed it very much. I, and I couldn't believe I went all the way to Ethiopia to hear a Norwegian joke. <laughs> that was what we were laughing at. All can decide the gift of the Holy Spirit is an amazing thing. It is an amazing, amazing thing. Thing. And when your life is transformed with Jesus Christ, you will extol God. You will praise Him enthusiastically. And if you're not, it means you're bored. And we can't be bored with the Holy Spirit. 
Sometimes we, we refer to the Holy Spirit as it. The Holy Spirit is God. And, and, and God dwells inside the believer. But when, when you acknowledge and, and, and understand and, and, and trust and humbly bow your knee before Jesus Christ, understand that he lived, that he died, that he was resurrected for your sins, you humble yourself before Jesus Christ, Scripture tells us over and over and over and over again that the Holy Spirit will dwell inside of you. Will fall upon you the moment, the instant that you give your life to Jesus Christ. Now, we see a couple exceptions. We talked about that before in Samaria, where they waited for Peter and John to come down. But those are truly exceptions made in a divine nature by God throughout time. Moving forward, unless for some reason God changes it in the future that I, I don't have foreknowledge of, when you give your life to Jesus Christ at that instant, at that moment, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. That is an amazing thing that we should be extolling God for. We should be praising Him enthusiastically. And these people have just heard the gospel preached. The Holy Spirit, God. can't imagine what it was like with a whole group of people with that happening. I imagine myself when it happened. <clears throat> I've seen it happen to Dominique and how she extols God. I've seen it happen to maybe, I think, to Awani, Anui, when he was extolling God. When, when the Holy Spirit falls upon you and, 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 over, and you start overflowing with the Holy Spirit, you have one thing to do. Praise God. That's it. That's all you can do. All you know how to do is to praise God. The good news of Jesus Christ is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's something that everyone in the world should know about. Everyone should get an opportunity to know about this. And when you know about the good news, you should share it. Don't hold it in a corner. Don't tuck it away in a safe. Don't save it for a rainy day. Tell everyone about the blood of Christ. Tell everyone about, about what Jesus did on the cross. Explain to the world that Jesus Christ, that he rose from the dead. What a great opportunity today. We say he is risen and he is risen indeed. People don't even understand what that means. This is an easy day. They call this a softball day. We're, we're a nice, easy softball lob. So you can tee it up and, and pound it. You can share the gospel today, and people don't feel threatened. It's Easter. It's Easter. Happy Easter. Rejoice when lives are changed, too. Rejoice with them. One final thing Peter brings up actually a major thing right at the very end. It's not in those four observations, but he says, when someone gives their life to Jesus Christ, get baptized. Get baptized. What, what, what stops us from, from baptizing you? That's what he says in there. You give your life to Jesus Christ, tell everyone through baptism. Baptism doesn't say it's a way 
to extol God, to wave praise Him through baptism. So let me ask you, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Just you, you have little check marks you can put on your paper. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe that Jesus lived a life that was absolutely perfect? That it was absolutely perfect, and that he was blessed by God the Father, as Peter was telling people here. And did he check that mark if he did? Do you believe that Jesus was wrongly killed? That he was put on the cross for one reason, because he needed that final sacrifice, the final shedding of blood for the forgiveness of sins, namely the forgiveness of your sins. Check that mark if you do. Do you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, that he actually came back to life. Just like he was prior to dying, that he came back to life. And he asked Jesus to take your life. That he handed over your life humbly before him and said, will you be the Lord of my life? You see all those other things? Before this question, Satan believed. A lot of people believe. Yeah, that, that was this last question. Have you bowed your knee humbly, saying you are the Lord of my life? That's the freedom. Yeah, you do have to trust and believe and, and understand those other things. But the cross is He's your Lord of Lords. And you know what? The Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of you. Right this very moment. Right this very moment. If you said all yes to all these things, you should be telling other people about it. Co-workers, family, neighbors, friends, children, your cousins. Your brothers, your sisters, you find all kinds of excuses why not to share. <clears throat> Sharing the good news with people within your community. Love on them so tremendously that you get opportunities to share the gospel. And you still, still don't know if you're a believer. You may <clears throat> question yourself. You may question all of those questions I ask. I, I'm not sure, Pastor. I love to talk with you. I, I love to, to dig in with you and, and understand where you're at. We can talk after the service. The Lord has you at the service today for a reason. Just like the Lord put Peter in that home at that moment for a reason. Just like that man in Ethiopia was sitting there watching random games being played. There was a reason why I was sent 7,600. 